Jesus. Amen. Jesus name. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Three, two, uno. Uh, it's your boys. <laughs> <laughs> What is up, everybody? My name is John Calvin Chance. And my name is Trey Cordwell. And you're listening to the Steadfast Devotion Podcast. Where we talk about awkward stories. What is it like in the ministry? And how do I stay devoted towards God? Hey, amen. And today, we're going to have a pretty fun episode, I think. Most uh, definitely. Today, we it's uh, we're recording this on the 2nd of May, Sunday. May 2nd. And... My boy that's in front of me preached a phenomenal message here Sunday night. Thank you. Talk about one bus stop away from hell. Amen. And to give you guys a little surprise, his actual sermon is going to be our next episode. (laughs) Oh, Lord. He just, this is the first time of him hearing this. Uh, He preached pretty much a masterpiece. Wow. uh, um, what we're going to be talking about today will be a little bit of a, mm. uh, what do you want to say, like a backstory maybe? Yeah. A little bit, look, probably we're going to like dive in and uh, I'll say before, you know, just get all these preliminaries yeah. out, uh, check us out on all social media. Yes, sir. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, we post our episodes on Facebook. Yes. Um, and we want to hashtag. Trend the word. Amen, bro. And uh yeah, just hashtag trend the word. Also, like and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. And wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you get them. And uh, uh, to help us with our podcast, yeah. uh, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and give us a rate and review because it helps uh, widen, widening our audience, I would say. Their algorithm is super weird, <laughs> but... You know, it's pr- it, it helps us. Yep. The more likes and reviews, the more, uh, m- the more seen our podcast is. Yeah. And Apple Podcasts. So. Oh, for sure. And I love like uh, reading the reviews. You know, I do too. Um, especially there's so many in there that uh, I we we know that there are supporters out there. Yeah. And uh, thank you guys for being thank a support. You. Thank you. And uh, what else? Uh, merch. Merch. Yes. Uh, we are in the process right now. Of going through uh, a t-shirt company, which is apostolic based. Mm. It's Oklahoma based for me, so it's shop, shop local. Yeah. And to all y'all Oklahomans out there. Shout ye- out. Yee yee. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Annika Jokey, I'm getting with her right now, and we're going to. Uh, That's not her last name. Oh, yeah, it's not anymore. <laughs> Cluth, that's what it is. Annika Cluth. Respect the name. Respect it. <laughs> Respect it. Uh, she's uh, she's uh, going to be making our t-shirts. And uh, what I need from you guys, this is probably what I need. If you are guaranteed wanting to buy a t-shirt, yeah, give us a message on Instagram, Facebook, text us if you have our numbers. Yeah, we don't want to give you our our numbers because. We don't know who's out there listening to us, but I might give him Logan's number. Dude, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that that's that's what he would get. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, give us um, uh, get you know, check us out. And if you want a T-shirt, it's going to have actually the season three, advance the kingdom. 
Oh uh, yeah. On the front of it and uh the what it's already on that what the post that we have on Instagram that has the advance the kingdom which is our theme absolutely going to be sick. It's getting oh, yeah. ready to be summer. Yeah, facts. What, I I love wearing t-shirts. Oh, especially yeah. when they mean something to me. Facts. So <clears throat> I'm excited. Oh yeah. For uh for this merch and mm-hmm. so like you said, send us a DM with your shirt size. Yeah. Oh wait, no. Do yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going and we'll get with you. We're going to probably do it through Cash App or yeah. Venmo or uh, PayPal. PayPal, if you're one of those type of guys. Yeah. Weird. I'm just kidding. Or if you want to just give us straight cash. Yeah. You know, I like I, cash. And I, I, I think what this, the, what we're going to really do with this is that we're going to raise money for missions. Yeah. Because, like what we're saying, we are advancing the kingdom. Yeah. Amen. And we know that there's a lot of young missionaries out there yeah. our age. Yeah. That are in third world countries. Yeah. Well, and and also with COVID, it's been very stru- been a struggle for them to even get back. Yeah. And uh, I think with us doing this, uh, we don't get any of the profit. Yeah. You know, if you want to donate to this, you can, but we're probably going to give, give it, it. Back. Yeah. give it back to missions. And so, um, this is really not for uh, <laughs> funny. We don't we're not making money off of this. No, no, uh, this isn't for self gain. Uh, simply we're just doing this because, you know, it was a burden Yeah. and, um, and we just want to advance the kingdom and it, it's fun. I mean, honestly, yeah. it, it, it's fun. I believe so that. So I enjoy it. So, uh, enough with the preliminaries. Yes, please. Um, well, let's just get straight into yeah. what this, uh, episode's going to be about. Yeah. Um, John Calvin had, uh, was getting ready to record an episode for last Monday. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why we didn't drop one was simply a God thing. Uh, John Calvin was doing his fiery five, and in the yeah. middle of it, he felt uh, his spirit was quickened by the Holy Ghost to tell yeah. him to stop. And uh, so he stopped, and he called me, and he told me what happened, and he said, but this is what I feel like the next episode should be about. Yeah. Uh, and, and and he told me what it was going to be about, and it just it, it was the will of god oh for sure uh, it, everything is just lining up so perfectly and so uh, without further ado we're going to get straight into the word Honestly. and this podcast this topic and the theme for tonight is going to be simple uh but john calvin's word that he got was the quality of a soul yeah so uh, if you got you, you got your bible and i yep. i believe you already got a verse in your yep. mind i got one okay. i'll say it's a uh, Galatians chapter 3, verse uh, 26, mm. and it says that, For ye are the children of God Amen. by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you have been baptized mm. in Christ, into Christ, have put on Christ. Amen. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor G- Greek, yep. neither bond, bond nor, nor free, yep. neither male nor female. Yep. For ye are one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And if you be Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Amen. So um, I think when what we're really going to dive in is to that case of equality of a soul that um, as what Galatians says, that there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, nor Male nor nor male nor female can be pretty much in Christ. Yeah. That we are one in Christ. And yeah. when you have Christ put in you, you are engrafted into the yeah. Abraham seed. Amen. And that's every soul. Amen. And um what do you have uh as a verse? Um well <laughs> funny thing is 
Luke chapter 16, verse 19, yeah. which uh, I guess since the sermon is going to be, <laughs> it's kind of going to be a rerun, a rerun, reruns, uh, but it's just Luke chapter 16 and starting at verse 19, it's talking about the rich man and Lazarus. Yes. Uh, and simply the story or this passage is trying to show you that one person mm. because of physical wealth is no greater than another yeah. Um. And so it, it says that there was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple or royalty, royalty, and fine linen, and he fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which laid at his gate. He was full of sores, and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, and it came to pass that the beggar died. And was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Mm. The rich man also died, and he was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus wow. in his bosom. Wow. Okay, watch <laughs> this. Okay, we were talking about something in the car. Yeah. Dude, something just clicked with me just now. Okay. Okay. So, and a couple verses up in verse 21. It says, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Licked his sores, yeah. Okay? And it says, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and he was buried. And in hell, which we know this is in Greek. Yeah. Okay? We were talking about this in the truck. Yeah, exactly. So anytime you see the word uh, hell in Greek, mm-hmm. uh, that word is translated to Grehension or something like that. I, yeah. I can't pronounce Greek. We're, we're not we're not theologians here. Yeah. We're, we're <laughs> definitely not theologians. Uh, but anyway, so this place uh, was tran is translated to be the Valley of uh, Hensum, yeah. Hensum. Okay. Okay. Which was a pit. Yeah. That that uh, a valley south of Jerusalem, mm. and in this valley is where they would throw the dead carcasses. Of animals. Yeah. Like dogs. Oh, wow. I'm getting what you're trying to say now. Okay. And the rich man, which was once in a palace, yeah. is now found in the valley of dead dogs. Wow. And he's looking up in heaven and in Lazarus' palace. Wow. A man that was once being licked on by the dogs that are now found in the valley yeah, where the rich man is now. That's incredible. So it's kind of it's it's cool to to <laughs> see the the parallels between I mean yeah. this man's life. I mean these two guys are they just swapped lives. Pretty much, yeah. So that's just and that's just interesting. So wow. uh you know it, it just goes to show that there is quality in a soul. Yeah, and you bring up the case uh, and that there's value, and I, we're yeah. using we're using the terminology value and quality in the, in the same way. Yeah. And um, one thing that many people can get the case of, <clears throat> while Trey is getting his notes, he's sneaking back and forth. <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. I want to make sure I clarified those words. No, 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 it's all good. Um, we're using the same terminology yeah. of quality and value because um, many people will never 
look at what true value is yeah. into a soul. Mm. But many people will take the quantity yeah. of souls and say, oh, I'm doing a great, great work because they look at quantity instead of quality. And um, it's kind of like the beggar and the rich man where um, yeah, the beggar was somebody who, though he had nothing, yeah. he knew there was something worth with God. Amen. And the 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 man the rich man had everything everything but there was no quality to his relationship with that's God. right and so you see <laughs> that you yeah. see the switch with it yeah and Oof. um I think with what we're going to jump into we're not going to really push I mean we could go on our relationship with God but oh yeah you could yeah but. but we're we're really today we're going to just talk about the the quality of reaching a, reaching amen. souls why is it important to reach souls amen and uh, that word hell in Greek. Uh, just to clarify, is Gehenna. Gehenna, and it's originally was the val the Valley of Hinnom. Wow, south of Jerusalem. That's incredible. So, just to clarify those words yeah. for you. So, and w- today we're actually going br- we're going to bring up some stories too because cool. uh, you Trey, you go out and door knock. Uh, you guys got to hear this kid's testimony, bro. Yeah, like it's um. Uh, Every time I hear some new stuff that happens with you and Nathan, dude, <laughs> it's just it, blo- it blows my mind. Yeah, and uh. You guys know the quality, how much a soul is worth to God. Yeah. That, um, I, I mean, I wrote that, um, that a soul is more important to God than anything. That's right. It's more important than money, more important than silver. The Bible says, what profit a man, man. Yeah. if he gained the, the whole, whole world, world yeah, and, loses and he soul. loses his own soul. He, God, God, he describes this one soul yeah. as the value of the entire world. Exactly. He says, what profit a man if he gained Gain. the whole world and he loses his soul. soul. And so, it, yeah, it means that the, a soul is worth something that's greater than we, we would think. Yeah, uh, yeah. And if we, if we take that mindset when we go out door knocking, when we yeah. go to our campuses or yeah. our schools or our work, that yeah. the people that you are around Absolutely. are worth to God more than anything. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, before you can ever, before you can ever understand the value of a soul, I think you first have to have a revelation of the value of your soul. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and so like John Calvin said, we could go into a relationship with God and all this kind of stuff, but we're going to kind of stick to, to, uh, to seeking, yeah. you know, that one soul. Uh, but you know, I didn't have really the revelation of, of a of a soul until I realized how much God loved me. Yeah, uh, and and it's it's sometimes it's hard in your walk with God to uh, to feel justified and to feel comforted knowing that you know God loves you. Mm-hmm. And, and as simple as that sounds, I mean I've battled with it lots of times, and I I feel like I still battle with it sometimes, uh, with whether or not I'm really you know worth something, you yeah. know, or wh- whether or not I have the the qualifications or whether or not I'm adequate enough to, to be in the position that God has placed me in. Yeah. And until you you can become confident in who God made you. Yeah. Until you can be confident in the love of Christ. It's very difficult to have the revelation of the quality of someone else's soul. Yeah. You know, because when you're always thinking about whether or not, you know, I'm worth it or, does God love me? You never think about anybody else. Mm. Yeah, you, 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 that that season of life is really reflected back towards yourself, and so you're kind of blinded to 
everybody else. Oh, and, yeah. and so I, I believe that I got the revelation of the soul when God gave me the revelation of the love he had for me. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, that was not an easy road. Yeah. You know, I felt, I felt like I've gone too far a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, I felt like, you know, God couldn't use somebody like me. Yeah. And you know, the truth of the matter is God is looking for people you know, like me. Oh, for sure. He's he's looking for people that you know have a testimony, have a story, have yeah. a past, have a. He's not scared of your past. Oh, for sure. And I I want to go as a scripture. Something that's very common to us is uh, like John three sixteen seventeen. Yeah, where, yep, You yep. know, he says, uh, "Yeah, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, yeah. that whosoever liveth in him should yeah, not perish, perish, but have everlasting yeah. life." Yeah. And uh, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might yeah. be saved. Amen. And uh, to to understand that love, yeah, that it that love wasn't just uh, hey, I'm here, yeah. you know, I love you guys, <laughs> and, uh, but that love yeah. was compassion Amen. for each person. That that when um, he would take his time out of his day mm. to uh preached to the multitude but he when he knew that they were hungry he sa- it says that he had compassion over yeah. them and um i've been i've been really into this case of in the study of empathy mm. and i'm kind of i think we're we're getting there guys but we're just building in blocks yeah uh where so many people are sympathetic to the ministry hmm. if that, you know what i mean uh where uh we sympathize souls okay instead of empathize <laughs> Because sympathy is just a, oh, I, I, I see your problem, and yeah. I, 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 I'll, I'll work from a distance. Yeah. But empathy is, I see the problem, I see the see what the cause should be, and I want to be the solution to that cause. Mm. And Jesus wow. empathizes every moment when he's with the multitude. Mm. He has compassion, and that's empathy because he says, we're hungry. We need to figure out how to get this through. Yeah. And um, when he's when he's with the the woman that touches the hem of his garment, he feels this point of empathy that somebody touched me. Oh, the the Samaritan woman at the well. Samaritan woman at the well. There was so much empathy mm. to a soul, uh, even to the point of Lazarus in the tomb. Which this is what blows me away, man. One of the smallest, shortest verses in the Bible is one of the greatest ones. It's because it says and Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Is meaning that he empathized wow. with the mourners. You know, I, I begin to real, like look back throughout the Word of God through the Gospels, and many times, time and time again, yeah, an individual will make their way up to to Jesus, mm-hmm. and Jesus's closest disciples would rebuke them, yeah, and try to turn them away from the Master. Mm-hmm. And time and time again, Jesus would have to rebuke Peter and would have to rebuke Every time, his disciples yeah. and. And and and, like and a, literally question them and say, "Are you more valuable than this soul? Yeah. What were you when I found you? Yeah, that's right. If, if you remember, and I, I think it's oh, I think it's Luke. Peter is called by Peter is called by God. Yeah. By Christ, and uh, and Jesus is preaching to the multitude from from the ships. Yeah. And Peter comes up to Jesus and he says. Uh, Jesus, after he tells Peter to go out and to to go out and to uh, cast his net, yeah, uh, to the right side and 
cast your net into the into the into the to the the sea. And literally when the net comes up, the Bible says that the net broke. Yeah. The net break broke. And that Peter and James mm-hmm. had to call out to their other uh uh I'm sorry, Peter and Andrew mm. would call out to James and John and tell them to come help because there's just so many fish. Yeah. And and after that, Peter got the revelation that wow, like Christ, you are my master. Yeah. And and Peter goes to Jesus and he and he tells him, he says, Depart from me. Oh yeah. yeah. For I am a sinner. Come on. And so Jesus likes to remind Peter multiple times yeah. throughout throughout the Gospels. Like, do you remember who you were when I called you? That's right. And so there we find the principle of the value of a soul. Yeah. That Jesus is compassionate on the widow. Yes. He's, he's compassionate he's on compassionate the multitude. The woman that washes his feet. Yep. Like, there, Jesus was never sympathetic to his ministry. Yeah. But he was empathetic. Yeah. And we should do that when we're reaching souls. Absolutely. That we, when you're, when you see a soul, you can't be sympathetic to their situation, mm. but you have to empathize yeah. and say, because if, if God came here to save many as a, for a ransom, he came here as an action to save our soul. Yeah. And if we empathize, not to say, oh, you know, cause let's be real. Uh, there are going to be many people that you'll be around that are not going to be in the same culture as you. Mm. Not going to be in the same pay status, if you want to put class system. Yeah. We don't have that, but in a sense, yeah. we do. Yeah. And if there's somebody that's below you, you can't sympathize that they don't have anything yeah. and make your decision by sympathy. Yeah. But you got to understand, there's a there, there has to be a solution to the cause. Mm. And... If I take action towards that instead of sitting in the back and like cry about it, you know, or like, oh, man, you know, there's so many souls out there and I wish I could do something. You got to do something for we are witnesses (laughs) and witnessing is empathizing in that situation. If that's if that's being around that person that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, let's like you you've been around people on your bus routes that, you know, don't have anything. Oh goodness! But what's powerful is that, and I've been with you and Nathan a couple times, yeah. where um, you guys would go out, and if somebody didn't have anything, yeah. we'll figure out a way to go get something for them. Oh yeah! I remember we went out. Uh, it was a few weeks ago, I think mm-hmm. it was about a month ago, and somebody needed a bed. Yeah. <laughs> and we yeah. drove all the way up yeah. to North Wichita or yeah. North. East Wichita, yeah, Bel Air, Bel Air, and we went to go get a bed, yeah, because there was somebody on your bus route that, that was in need. That was in need. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I get emotional thinking about you know everything that we get to see because, man, I remember I remember the first time we went door knocking, first time I ever went door knocking. Yeah, I, I think I was sixteen mm-hmm. at the time. I was an entitled brat. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like now that I look at, it, I was an entitled brat. I lived in a nice house. I took for granted my floors. Yeah. And I'll, and I'll get to that in a second. Like, what do you mean floors? Like, I took for granted my floors. Yeah. I took for granted my bed. I took for granted my shower. Mm. I took for granted my front door. Wow. And, and, and I was six, you know, growing up, uh, God's blessed my family and has, mm. and has blessed me and, 
And uh, I never had to worry about where a meal was going to come from. Exactly. I, I didn't have to worry that I wasn't going to have a diaper to wear. Um, and so it, it, it's emotional, man, because I've seen so many things out there in the yeah. streets uh, that 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 have made me the person that I am today. Yeah. And I remember when I was 16, the first time I went door knocking, I was with Brother Omar Franco and Saul Stefan. And I, I don't even remember how we got hooked up. I think I told him or asked him if I could go with him just one time. I just want to see what it was like. Yeah. And that first time we went, we went into this neighborhood. And, I mean, you, you it's a mixture of houses, trailers, trailer, uh, trailer houses, uh, you know, then regular houses and falling apart houses. Yeah. And every once in a while, you get that random nice house in, a like, a terrible neighborhood, yeah. which makes no sense. Uh <laughs> But anyway, so we were door knocking. We came to this house, and you literally had to go to the back of a of a of a cul de sac. Yeah. And at the back of the cul de sac, you know, you see these houses, and like you're you're looking around, and you know they're like they're not bad condition. I mean, they're bad condition, but they're not like they're. I mean, you can live in them. Yeah. Sorta. And so I was like expecting just to go up to the front door and just to talk to him, drop off a bag, you know, and go. And uh, we begin to walk, and and all of a sudden we took like this path, like off the cul-de-sac, really going through this dead end. Oh wow! And I'm like looking around, like man, these aren't the house. Like where are we going? Like and literally we're in the middle of Wichita, and I feel like I am walking in a jungle. <laughs> I mean, there are trees like. On both sides, and I'm dancing around yeah. like mud, like I'm <laughs> jumping from rock to rock. Wow! And there, in that back of that just I desolate cul-de-sac, <laughs> hidden behind the houses, covered by trees, was just this run-down house. Wow! And and I'm looking around like, man, where are we going? Like that, there is nobody that lives in there. No yeah. way. Can't be. And so as I'm jumping from like stick to stick, trying not to get my shoes muddy, yeah, we come up to this house and there's no porch. I mean, there's like the remnants of a porch. Mm-hmm. It's all dilapidated. Yeah. And it's a good word. Yeah. I like that. Brother Painter taught me that. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so we, we, I'm looking, I'm like, man, we're supposed to be like door knocking and we're out here looking at abandoned houses. Yeah. And, Literally, in order to knock on the door, like, there was no knocking on the door. Omar was like, hey, we're here. I'm like, what? (laughs) We're here. And I look at the front door, and I I didn't notice it at first, but the front door was a tarp Mm. that this family had found on the side of the road. And they had made their front door a tarp. And when he said those words, like, 10 seconds later, you hear, the church is here. The church is here. Yeah. And these kids run to this door, and they pull back this blue tarp that was their front door. And I look inside the house, and their floors are made up of cardboard. And I look in, and these people, these kids are sleeping on literal towels. They didn't have a bed. They were sleeping on towels. And I I look to the left, and I'm talking a horde of dogs lived there. (laughs) Like, if it's wow. one thing that people don't have or have, it's dogs. It's dogs. They have <laughs> dogs. Like, I don't know where they come from. They just have dogs. Man. And I remember that day, those kids were so happy to get 
you know, those bags and to talk to the church. Yeah. And I, and I'm on my way home and that image of that house had, was just burned into my brain Mm. and I'm on my way home. I begin to sob, like just hysterically. And I almost had to pull over Yeah. and I begin to cry and I begin to repent. And I told God that day, God, I am sorry for not being grateful for what I have. I went home that day and I kid you not. I opened up my front door and I look and I had a clean wood floor Wow. and I got on my belly and I kissed my floor and I said, God, I will never take another blessing for granted again. I went to my bedroom and I get emotional thinking about it. I went to my bed and I got on my knees and I put my, my face in my bed and I said, God, thank you for my bed. And I went to my shower and I looked at my shower. I looked at my bathroom. I looked at my everything and, and I was just sobbing and crying and I said, God, I will never take another thing for granted. And at that moment in time, I had realized that there were people that had nothing. Yeah. When I read that story about the rich man and Lazarus, I can relate that to some of these people that I've met in the street. Mm -hmm. That these people are begging, not literally begging for for a handout, but spiritually are begging for somebody to realize that their soul matters. Yeah. And it, uh, it's when you get involved in soul winning, yeah. you, you quickly look around and you realize like you physical it. possessions aren't anything. Yeah. You know, I, I have a similar story to that. Uh, I won't go as detailed no. because you already got me crying. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as emo- you, you like you said, you get, get so emotional yeah. with when you start thinking about souls. Yeah. And uh, I remember, um, I think it was my first year interning here in Wichita, yeah. 2017. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, you know, homeboy yeah. here, like, yep. you know, like, you, like yeah. you said, we we take for granted, yeah, so many things, yeah. man. And uh, coming in as a uh, just finished my freshman year of college, yeah. And I go with Brother Forsyth to Bible studies, yeah. And if you well, praise God. Um, better and better. Better and better. <laughs> um, Brother Forsyth is a phenomenal Bible teacher. And uh, Papa told me, he said, I want you to go with them and go, you just go Bible studies with them. Yeah. And uh, I will go with Brother, Brother Forsyth. And one thing that Brother Forsyth does is so amazing. To yeah. Me, is that he knows how to get with people. Yeah. It, he knows how to, he knows how to talk with he, yeah. He's very quiet. He's very yeah. just very to himself. Yeah. But um he knows how to get one on one with people. Yeah, he does. And the best way he does it with kids, first of all, yeah. is and I didn't know this until we started uh doing it, uh yeah. is that he has donuts in his car. <laughs> and yep. Trey knows why I'm talking about those oh, donuts. Yeah. Oh man. Yep. And um we went to one house and um I was uh in the in the process of you know just understanding ministry <laughs> and we go in that we go yeah. to one house and we walk into that home and literally like yeah the 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 place was like just yeah so much smoke uh you just you can just like walk in and it's just thick the the uh wallpaper was ripped off and uh 
what got me was they didn't have any furniture. Yeah. They only had mattresses yeah. on the floor, three mattresses on the floor. And I was like, wow, what in the world? You know, they somehow got connected with home Bible studies. Yeah. And uh, I was like, just like culture shock pretty yeah. much. Yeah. And all of a sudden these three little kids come out out of this room just talking, going, you know, just ADD all the way. <laughs> and Brother Forsythe was there just to teach a Bible, was teaching yeah. a Bible study to that to that mother. And the husband was in the other room. Yeah asleep yeah and he, he she asked gotta be quiet because my husband's asleep he's working and we don't want to you know, i don't know yeah. i don't know their situation yeah but i sat there and just just starting to like tear up yeah. i didn't want to weep in front of them yeah but like you said you don't you don't know what they're going through yeah and brother Forsyth, he went through his his one uh one, one lesson takes like 30 yeah. 40 minutes yeah and he's just done and be, be, doing better and better. Better and better. Do you guys want some donuts? Yeah. And we'll go out and he'll get a huge pan of Derby donuts. Yeah. And just fill it up. And those yeah. kids just loved it. They love the donuts. And I remember I go back home. I go back to Nine Bob Walls and I, I'm just covered in smoke. Yeah. And I could not forget that smell. Yeah. That when I walked in there, I mean, I had to go, sh- I had to yeah. go shower. Yeah. But it that even when I took a shower and I threw, I still remember that smell. Yeah, I still remember that moment. Yeah, where I walked in there and I said, "God, you've blessed me with yeah. so much that I can ask for." Yeah, and like that feeling of I want to do something for them. Yeah, and uh, to wrap it right back to you can't you can't you can't be sympathetic, which is have p- you people can have pity with for people's situation. But in ministry, kingdom-minded ministry, it's not to have pity. Yeah. Because that's what the that's what the the man says to the poor man. He says, "God, let me not be like the man yeah. here who's you know torn, you know, like yeah. doesn't have anything." And he he sympathized some way to God mm-hmm. about his situation, but he yeah. made himself look greater yeah. than than the person that was a soul. Mm-hmm. And that man says, "I might have nothing, God, but." Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Forgive me who, for who I am. Yeah. And if we start looking at other people to make ourselves look better, <laughs> you're in the wrong. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I think w- to jump on another subject into this is uh, what we see commonly here at FPC that um, many people would think we're crazy. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, people would think we go, y'all go into the roughest streets in Wichita. Yeah. Like y'all's bus route alone, you I mean what y'all had like a had shootings like seven seven murders in a week. Exactly. Yeah. And there are churches, churches, bro, that will never step in those type of doors. Yeah. Because they are one, don't want those type of people in their church. Yeah. Or they're so scared that they're gonna get shot. <laughs> and first of all, what yeah. we know is that if God's by my side, I'm okay. Yeah. You're anointed. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just you know. You but, are. Um, but, and let's be real too. To go on the on the on the former part where I said they don't want those type of people in there. They don't. A lot of people they want their want their building to look pristine. <laughs> want to look the best. Yeah. They want their they want their Instagram photos all look the same. If you know who I'm talking about, <laughs> have that same aesthetic yeah. but they don't want somebody that's dressed in 
you know, sackcloth and ashes type of thing walk into their their built their uh you know their or their church that you know have holes or you're gonna ruin our reputation ruin. letting people like that in. I don't here. know. And <laughs> if that's the reputation that you want, I don't want it. Oh, I know. I'll and, pass. And um, that even comes to the point of race yeah. and ethnicity. Yeah. And which is so sad is is wild to say that's still going on. Still going on. And you know we can't we can't neglect that. And there, if we if we try to push, there's there's churches out there though they might not say it out loud, they they say it with a a silent yeah in silence, um, they don't want those type of people in there. I'll tell you uh, I'll tell you uh, something hilarious. It's not it's not hilarious, but it just kind of shows you know our church is very multi uh, cultural. Oh yeah, uh, multi race racial. It, I will never go to a church where there's only one type of people. Come on. That's so boring. Dude, facts. <laughs> um, second of all, on this bus route uh, that me and Brother Nathan uh, run. Brother Nathaniel Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> we're the only white people. Yeah. We're the only white people that you'll see. We got 245 kids on that bus route. Yeah. There's one other There's there's one other family that is white, mm-hmm. and then me and, Na- me and Brother Nathan. Yeah. That's it. We have Hispanics. Majority, a majority, um, Af- um, blacks and uh, Hispanics. Yeah, those are the two races. Wow, that that we pick up. Yeah, um, and and some we pick up Africans as well, like straight Africans from from uh, Kenya. We got wow. some people from Swahili, uh, from a uh, Swahili from a uh, what is that place? I think is that a place? It's a language. So it's a language wherever they're from from Swahili <laughs> the Congo we got people from the Congo yeah that's right uh we got people yeah from all from all walks of life uh but yeah no you yeah you, you can't sorry go ahead no I, I I just say you get me in a soapbox start talking about these churches that want to look perfect yeah it's like if you're if you're if your church looks perfect you're kind of you're kind of missing out on something because a church yeah. is for imperfect people. That's right. So if your church is perfect, it's like I don't think you're at the right place. Yeah, right. I I don't think this is uh this is really going to be the church because yeah. I we're not perfect people. We we edify the body for in but we are doing this for the like fivefold ministries, the perfecting of the saints. Yeah. We're not not the perfected saints. If we're perfected, <laughs> bro, then we should be uh yeah, in heaven, yeah, eternal, eternal glory. But I say one thing like no. this: it's like uh, <laughs> if heaven's for perfect people, it's gonna be a ghost town. Come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, no, so mm. we uh, we do we pick up we pick up people, especially on our bus our bus ministry. Yeah, dude, let me read this. Uh, Luke it. chapter fourteen, starting at verse twenty one, says: So the servant came, and he showed his lord these things. And then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and oh, lanes yeah. of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed, the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and into hedges, and compel wow. them to come in, that my house may be filled. Wow. The word of God is very simple. Mm. Uh, the commandments that he that that he gives us is very simple. When he commissioned us to preach the gospel, he specifically brings up to every creature, yeah, every creature, 
every walk of life, every nationality, every tongue. Come on now. Every person deserves to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. And so when he when the when the when the servants come to the Lord to the master and say, Lord, we 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 got the maimed and we got the lame, we got the poor, we got the deaf, we we and there's still room and the and the master says then go into the highways yeah. and into the hedges. Go into the places that no one else will go. Ooh, come on. And compel them to come into my house. Yeah. I don't care what they look like or how they're dressed. I just want my people to come to my house that they may eat of my supper. Yeah. I want to read this in it's the it's it's the it's the parable yeah. but in uh, Matthew. Gotcha. And we we actually talked about this earlier today. Yeah. And but it was very brief, so yeah. it's kind of cool that we're bringing it yeah. back. Uh, this is usually what happens with our podcast, guys. So, uh, when it when it's something sounds super like that makes no sense, it's just because we talked about it earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but uh, Matthew twenty two, verse one says, "The kingdom of heaven is like a certain yeah, king, yeah, and which made a marriage for his son, mm-hmm. and sent forth the servants and call him, and they were bidden for the wedding. And they called or was bidden for the wedding, and they would not come." And he sent forth his servants and said and tell them, Bidden, behold, I have prepared a dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed yeah. and they are ready and they are ready to come to this marriage. Yeah. And they made a light of it and they were wise in the farm and the merchant merchandise and the remnant of the servants and spitefully and they slew them and the king thereof and was wroth. And he sent forth his armies to destroy the murderers and burn up the city. <laughs> and he sent forth his servants. The wedding is yeah, ready. Yeah. And they were bidden, and which were bidden not worthy. And he says to the servant, Go therefore in the highways, as yeah. ye have many have shall find, and to bid the marriage. And so the servant went out in the highways to gather all together as many yeah. as they found, both, both. bad and, and good. Yeah. And the <laughs> wedding was furnished with guests. Amen. And here's something: if you go back to Luke, Amen. Uh, if you can, if you can, uh, Hallelujah. If you go back to Luke, for yeah, me I got quick, you, I got you. Uh, and read uh the beginning of that parable. Okay. You want me to read all of it? Um, let me get to it real quick. It's in okay. And they held their peace, and he took him. And healed him and let him go. And he answered them, saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not oh, straightway? Wait, wait, wait. No, like at the beginning of that, where it says, In a certain man. Oh, in a certain man. Let me find it for you. And a certain man made a great supper. Yes. And bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all, with one consent, began. One consent begin to make excuse. Mm. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground. Yeah. And I must needs to go see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. Oh, man. <laughs> Omar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. And another said, I have bought... Uh, uh, 21. So the servant came and showed his Lord these things. And it says, Then the master of the house, being angry, said unto his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the yes. servant said, Lord, it is done. The house commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So here's something that's so interesting. 
is that I was reading this one day, mm-hmm. and I was actually te- I was talking with a Bible study of mine about this, and these two par these two parables are pretty much the same things. Just ones in the Matthew account, ones in yeah. Luke, and um, I was so intrigued to this. We always talk about this, uh, but first let me put this. Yeah. You cannot make an excuse <laughs> to the go. invitation there we go. of the master. That's good. If God called you, he never uh, he never forces it to you. He yeah. invites you. When you go to the altar, he invites you to that calling. Yeah. Many are called, but few are chosen. Uh which is actually in the passage of Matthew. Yeah. We are called and we are invited. But it's our choice to take that invitation. That's the truth. And so many people will take excuse to the invitation because of the blessings that they have. Mm-hmm. I I got some land. Yeah. I can't make it. Got some new cattle. I can't make it. Got a new wife. <laughs> Omar. Yeah, you know, it's just I can't make it. I can't make it. No. But like talk about where we were when yeah. we go we you can get so caught up in your blessing. Yeah. That you never you miss the invitation of, of God mm. to make it to the to the marriage supper. I remember we picked up this family for church and uh, they lived in a, literally it was a triplex. Yeah. So for those that don't know Whoa. what a triplex is, there's literally three house, three houses three in houses. one building. Yeah. And uh, in this one family, there was 13 people living in this wow. one side of this triplex. Hmm. And we picked up this kid for a year and a half. Not once yeah. did we ever see his parents. Mm. And one day we decided to go door knocking a little later just to see like how different it would be. Just yeah. to see what uh you know, what schedule would work best to mm-hmm. take it the most people. Yeah. And so we went a little later around one or two o'clock and we usually go about eleven. Mm-hmm. And when we pull up into this driveway, on the porch of that triplex is this kid's mother. Oh yeah. And I'm like Ah, that's the first time I've seen her in a year and a half. Yeah. And we've been picking up her kids for church, taking them 15 minutes down the road mm. to a church, and I've never met them. And th- she just, you know, they just let them come, come on this bus. Yeah. I'm like, well, mad respect that you trust us that much, first yeah. of all. Uh, but so for a year and a half, we never saw this mom. And we pick up these kids and these kids are rough. Yeah. Dude, they are rough. They're on the bus, they get on the bus, you know, and they're causing a bunch of havoc, they're causing trouble, you know. And for the normal person, I mean, from that day forward, they'd be like, "Okay, we're not picking up those kids anymore." Yeah. You know, but when God gives you a burden, mm-hmm. you will do things that no one else will do. That's right. That's the importance of a burden. That's right. Because a burden will take you to levels that just no one else will go. Mm-hmm. And so, man, we had a burden for this bus route, man. And we were picking up kids just left and right, left and right. Yeah. And we got this family. We're bringing them to church for a year and a half, bringing them to church. And uh, every Sunday, like every Sunday we had an issue. Yeah. And every Sunday we got told, you need, you guys, just stop picking them up. Yeah. Just stop picking them up. And there was just something in us that were like, no, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to stop picking them up. Yeah. And w- this kid that we picked up, one of the kids was in my Sunday school class. Was teaching us teaching Sunday school as well. Yeah. And uh, I was teaching this lesson on Noah mm-hmm. and the flood, 
And, man, I'm talking, I was preaching like hellfire and brimstone to these eight-year-olds. <laughs> like, if you don't repent, you're going to hell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, but we were, we were talking about the flood and just how, yeah. you know, how crazy and how horrific this flood was. Yeah. And I was preaching. I, I felt <laughs> like I taught my best lesson ever. And this kid that we've been picking up for a year and a half always caused us trouble. You know, I noticed something was a little different about him that day. And I was like, yeah, he's like really quiet today. Yeah. And uh, I start, I mean, I'm really preaching and this kid is sleeping <laughs> in the classroom. Sleeper. He's just, just straight up snoring in the middle of the lesson. Bro, and you're telling me that your sermons are a snooze fest? Dude, I guess so. <laughs> to that kid they were. That's funny. And uh, so he's just snoozing. And I tell you what, I got mad. Really? I didn't wake <laughs> him up. I didn't wake him up. But I got mad. I was like, I'm preaching the best sermon I've ever <laughs> preached. And all the days that you're hyper, got yeah. ADHD, and the one day I preach my best message to you, you're going to sleep. Boys, Man, I was out. I was mad. I was hot. I was like, Lord, <laughs> help my attitude. Yeah. And uh, I dropped these kids off, you know, back off home, and I tell my dad about it. I'm like, man, I was preaching my best message, and this kid yeah. fell asleep, and I was just mad, just ranting to my dad, and he's like, I got to stop you. I'm like, okay, what's up? He's like. Do you ever consider what that kid's home life is like? Oh, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, and I look at him like, well, what do you mean? He's like, this kid is living in a home yeah, where, you know, the dad's not there. Yeah. You got a single mother raising a family of eight. Mm-hmm. The dad's not, you know, much help. Said, And if the dad is much help, you realize when that dad comes home, He's probably beating those kids. Probably. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, those kids can't sleep at night. Yeah. Because of the thought of their drunk father coming home and beating mm. them. Come on. So they're always, always on guard. Yeah. Their wall is always up, waiting for the next time they're going to be beaten. Wow. And he told me that, and I, man, I, I really got quiet, and I had to repent. And I was like, God, forgive me. Yeah. I, I don't know what these kids, you know, I don't, I'm not inside their home. Like, I, exactly. I, I don't know what they're going through. And I begin to realize that that kid, you know, he, I mean, he would come to church and just sleep, and he would just sleep during the lesson, sleep during the lesson. And I begin to quickly realize that the only time that kid felt peace was when the word of God was being preached. Amen. That was the only time he was able to let his guard down. Wow. Because he knew that he was safe. Yeah. Because he felt this presence that he doesn't feel at home. Mm. And he would fall asleep in the presence of God. Wow. And we kept picking these kids up. And 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 finally, we meet this mother. She's standing on the porch of the triplex. And she's sobbing. She's crying. Wow. First time we ever met her. I walk up. And I'm like, well, you know, what's, what's going on? She goes, here are the people that pick up my kids for church. We're like, yeah. Yeah, that's us. She says, I, I have a question for you. I have a question for you. I'm like, okay, what, what's up? She goes, she goes, I, how do I repent? She just asked that question. How do I repent? How do I ask God to forgive me? Yeah. She began to tell her life story. I feel like I've done so much wrong and I can't do any good. And I, God will never be able to love me after what I've done. And, and I'm going to, you know, I, I, how do I repent? I mean, I try, but I, I talk to God. I just don't feel anything. Yeah. She's sobbing. She's crying. And me and Brother Nathan, we sit next to her on this triplex, and we put her arm around her. You know, we embrace her. You know, we're lo- loving on her. Yeah. And uh, we begin to tell her. I begin to tell her about, I said, you know, I got a friend. 
uh, I got a friend. His name's Job. <laughs> and uh, I said, my friend Job, a wealthy man, very wealthy man. Yeah. Matter of fact, they all call him the greatest man in the East. Like he, mm. he is, he's just wealthy. He's got cattle. Yeah. He's got a family. Had everything. And I said, and one day, I said there came a really bad storm. And that storm came to Job's house. The winds blew, and the house was knocked down. And I said, and all of his kids were killed in a moment of time. Yeah. And I said he had all these cattle and he had camels. He had asses. He had everything. And I said, and they were all burnt up with fire. They were stolen. Mm. I said, in a moment of time, my friend Job lost everything. Lost it all. Lost everything. And, you know, I'm just really, without her knowing, I'm teaching her about Job. Yeah. And the funniest thing, it it got funny and then it got really sad. And she goes, oh, my God. (laughs) And, And I go, what? She goes, I think I read about that on the news. <laughs> and uh, and so I just start laughing. She goes, and then she begins to tell us like what's going on. She goes, yeah. well, I used to have nine kids. Mm, man. I used to have nine kids. I got eight kids now. She says, so you can fill in the blank. And I'm yeah. like, well, well, what, what happened? She goes, the reason why I'm repenting is because I used to have this best friend. I trusted this best friend. And I said, I had all my kids. And I had, you know, had my newborn baby. And I just had so much stuff going on. And, and my, my, my best friend asked if she could babysit my baby. Wow. And I was like, you know, that, that'd be nice, you know, to get the, the infant out of the house, you know, so I can try to get some stuff done. And she began to cry. She began to sob. And she goes, she goes, I never knew that that was going to be the last day I saw my baby. I, I never knew that was going to be the last oh, day I saw my, my and, I, and I didn't know what to say. I'm like, what, what, what do you mean? She goes, the person that I trusted the most, I trusted with my kid, my baby, murdered my newborn baby. Murdered my newborn baby. Wow. And a couple of days later, they found my newborn baby face down in a field a mile down the road from where I live at. Wow. She goes, every night I go to sleep, I think of my baby dead in the middle mm. of this field with nobody. Wow. Knowing that her mother will never come. That's crazy. And I, I, I mean, I'm just quiet. I'm yeah. just quiet. I don't, I, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And she goes, you know what? She goes, my kid that you pick up, my kids that you pick up, mm-hmm. I know they're not easy. I, I, I know they're rough kids. Yeah. She goes, but ever since you started picking them up on the buses, and you started bringing them to church, they'd come home, and they were completely different. Wow. At church, they were a nightmare. They, were, they caused havoc. They were always in the bus office, yeah. and people were always trying to get us to stop picking up these kids. <laughs> there are people like that. And, and I, I, something in my spirit says no. We will not stop picking up these kids, and I have no idea why, yeah. but I do now. Yeah. And I realized that day that when those kids would come to church and they'd act up, but they'd come home and they were completely different. And that mom began to tell me, she says, I've been struggling with suicide. Wow. She says, every night I go to bed, something whispers in my ear that I need to end it all and that it's my fault. Wow. I need to kill myself. 
And she goes, and you know what? She goes, I've tried. Mm-hmm. Four different tri- four different times I've tried to kill myself. Because yeah. I cannot get over the grief. I cannot get over the shame. I cannot get over whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It was my fault that my baby was murdered. And she goes, wow. every night I go to sleep, I see my dead baby. My I want to kill myself. And she's telling us this on this porch. First time we've ever met her. Wow. Year and a half. And man, we're, we're just hugging on her. You know, we're crying, like crying there like everything's going to be okay. You know, yeah. God, everything's going to be fine. You know, trying to tell her how to, re- like, what do you say? Yeah. 19 years old. 19 years old. This is a grown woman. I don't know what to say. Yeah. And she, go, she goes, my baby. She goes, the one you guys pick up for church. She goes, he's my angel. Wow. The, the kid that's always causing a, a mess in the hallway. A kid that's always in the bus yeah, office. A kid that's angel. always getting in fights. She goes, when he comes home, he's my angel. Wow. He goes, my kid. So I was trying to kill myself. Had tied up my noose in my room. Wow. Had my chair. I was going to put that noose around my neck, and I was going to kick that chair, and I was going to end everything. My God. And that baby that you guys pick up, she opened up that door. He looked at me. As I'm getting ready to kill myself, he began to tell her, Mama, what are you doing? Wow. Don't you know that everything's going to be okay? Don't you know that God's got you? Wow, man. Begin to, begin to tell her about God. <laughs> Let me tell you what I learned in Sunday school, Mama. Don't you know everything's going to be fine? Wow. Everything's going to be okay. She said, four times I've tried to kill myself. And my eight-year-old son would walk in. And he would Sick. stop me from committing suicide. Wow. That kid, soul matters. It's, he matters. That The value of that soul saved his mother's life. Amen. And when people would try to tell us that that kid is causing too much distraction in the classrooms, kick him out. He's an God angel would, to his mother. God ordained that boy wow. to be his mother's angel. Oh, my God. That kid's soul's got value. Even though it doesn't look like it at that moment in time, Mm -hmm. God has ordained each and every person to have an encounter with the Almighty God. We all have a divine appointment with Jesus Christ. We do. And even at times, it doesn't seem like any progress is being made. And when you're, you're teaching Bible studies, you're picking up kids on buses, and it doesn't seem like there's any change, you don't know what's going on behind a closed door. The master goes to the servant and says, go to the highways, go through all the streets of the city, because the people I invited to put excuses. And we are those servants. That's right. We are the servants that will go to the highways and the byways and through I-45, wherever you are, you know, 169. (laughs) And we are the ones that pick up the good and the bad. That's right. We are the ones who invite the good and the bad. Amen. Don't be like the don't be like the ones who were once invited but had mm-hmm. excuses into their ministry. I you know, God's called me to be a be a minister, but I don't feel like mm. I can do it because I don't want to be around those type of people. Mm. <laughs> uh I I'm too busy right now doing what I'm do- with my with mm. my, with my work right now, and I I'm too busy to go out and I gotta reach I, people. I'm too busy sermonizing. Too I, busy, yeah. I'm too busy trying to make and preach this pretty. Come sermon. on now, only for five minutes. Come on, where wh- five minutes over a soul? Mm. 
three pages over a soul. Mm. What's worth more? A s- making a little money yeah. or a soul? Jo- I remember Reverend Josh Carson came up to me. And uh, I was, uh, we had just got back from a conference that we were preaching. Yeah. And Brother Josh Carson came up to me and he said, Trey, he goes, you love people. Yeah. He says, and you love souls. Mm-hmm. He says, never love sermonizing more than loving souls. Wow. Never love preaching more than loving people. Wow. He says, you are called to be a soul winner. Yeah. I remember that night when he came to you. Yeah. And that definitely that definitely brought a new light, yeah. uh, uh, you know, from being on the outside scene, yeah. and with him not even knowing yeah. what you and Nathan do, yeah, that was like, that was, that was the that was on the money, yeah. And what you guys do, um, going out, not only here, but you got you go out and you go preach over other churches, and yeah. You give them what you have a burden of, yeah. And I I remember you saying that I think the best way to preach is preaching your burden. Yeah, preach you your did, burden. You you preached that tonight, and pretty much the whole church got a burden on reaching souls. And you know you said what it was coincidences. Actually, what your you, what's amazing. Let's put it this way: your episode will come out the the Sunday that Bus Ministry is going Starts. to start. <laughs> so, yeah. um, amen. That's super cool. Yeah, but if we start sermonizing over soul winning come on you're in the wrong that's right I, I'll i be just I'm gonna be flat out you're in the wrong yeah if you start thinking of race over souls yeah you're in the wrong if you start putting excuses over souls mm-hmm. you're in the wrong yeah we gotta we, we need as an apostolic church our priorities need to be to be checked checked every our, time our our the the true apostolic church are, is sent forth. Yeah, uh, you know I brother story. I, I I say this a lot, but brother story says something like this. He goes, uh, he goes, you know we're apostolic Pentecostal. Yeah. He goes, but I'm just not looking to be Pentecostal no more. He goes, I, I'm more I'm more apostolic. Yeah, and I'm like I'm with you on Amen. that 100. percent Yeah. Amen. I I I think we're. Yeah. Pretty much coming to the close, but I want to yeah. just read one passage yeah. of scripture just to get you guys to know, just hitting on the nail, that a quali- the quality of a soul is worth more than anything in this world. And Jesus is with uh, James and John yeah. and uh, Luke 9, and they go to Samaria, and it says that when the disciples, or let me go back, it says, um, and it it came to pass in that time that it came that they would be received up steadfastly and set their face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face and mm. they went and they entered into a village of Samarit of the Samaritans yeah. to make ready for them. Yeah, wow. A, f- a a group of people that were Jews, Jews hated Jews. Yeah, and they looked wrong towards them. Yeah, and at the same time, Samaritans looked wrong at them. Yeah, and. <laughs> he says it says that th- that and they did not receive them. Yeah. The Samaritans did not receive them. Yeah. Because his face was though he would go to Jerusalem. Wow. <laughs> and his disciples James and John saw this and said, "Lord, well thou that we command fire 
yeah. to come down from heaven yep. and consume them yeah. just like Elijah did. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, Jesus, they, they hate you. They're Samaritans of all people. You know, you got the power. You can bring fire from heaven. You know, if you, you could do exactly like Elijah did. Why don't you just do that with these type of people? But what's so interesting is that Jesus rebuked them yeah. and said this. That's awesome. Ye not know what manner of spirit you are of. <laughs> Hallelujah. You don't, you don't know what you're saying, James. You don't know what you're saying, John. But I did not come here to destroy men's lives. Yeah. But I came to save them. Wow. And they went to another village. Jesus went to James and John and says, I know they did not receive me, but they're worth more to me than you know. Mm. I don't want to bring fire to come down to destroy them because that means I'm destroying souls that will enter the kingdom. But my job, my duty here on this earth is to save them. Mm. James and John did not realize that Jesus was there to die for them. Did not did not see that there. Mm. And it and at the same point Jesus goes to a woman at the well, a Samaritan. Yeah. Who was broken, who was pretty much beaten from the inside. Husband after husband. Husband after husband. And he says, "If you come to me, invitations mm. to a soul. Come to me." You'll never thirst again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ wells in us. Amen. We can give the same opportunity to invite somebody Amen. to the presence of God. Amen. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, what bond nor free, yeah. Jew nor Gentile, yeah. male nor female. But if we have the way to invite them to be engrafted into Abraham's seed. Amen. Amen. If we get that mindset in our mind mm. that I don't care who it is. If it's on my work, if it's at school, if it's a piece, start a P7 club, yeah. start a CMI chapter. Yeah. Find a way where you can reach souls mm-hmm. to mm. reach the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, thank you guys for thank you. joining us today. I love how we just circled all the way Dude, back. Dude, I know. It's amazing. God is good. God's good. Thank you for your ministry, bro. I don't think I've said it enough, but seeing where you've been within the last, what, five years? It's been that. It's been about that. Yeah. Four and a half years. I'm just proud of you, man. Thank you. I really am. I'm proud of you. (laughs) Yeah. I'm proud of you, too. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to see where we go. I, uh, yeah. One last, one last thing. Go ahead. Uh, I always struggled with trying to figure out what my calling was in life. Yeah. And I remember very vividly the day I was called. I was at a other other church that's not even associated with us. Yeah. I was uh, Brother Bankins was preaching, and I found myself curled up in a ball underneath an old raggedy red carpeted pew. Wow, red carpet, red pew, padded pews, and I was underneath that that pew, that little small church, and that day. The voice of God clarified what my calling was in life. He said, Trey, if you will become a soul winner, wow. yeah. I'll give you everything else. Mm. I'll give you everything else. 
if you'll be a soul winner, everything else will follow. Wow. That day I dedicated myself to the spirit of soul winning, to the ministry of soul winning. And I'm going to pray us out, and I will let somebody know that you don't have to pray about being a soul winner. Mm-hmm. You don't pray about God's commandments. No, You're no. commanded to be a soul winner. That's right. Go out there. Talk to somebody you don't know. Break through your comfort zone. Break through the ice. Come on. It only takes one. It takes one. It only takes one to start a revival. That's right. You're a walking revival. Lord, I thank you for this podcast. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of God that I feel in this room tonight. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that there would be a burden that's imparted through this podcast. And that it would, God, plant in the heart of every listener. God, it just takes one person to start revival. It takes one person with a burden for souls to have revival. God, we are walking revivals. And God, I pray right now for the spirit of the soul winner. God, to go and impact every listener of this podcast. Lord, I want to give you all the honor. I want to give you all of the glory. I want to give you all of the praise because, God, you're the one that does the winning. You're the soul winner, God. And, Lord, I thank you, mighty God, for dying on that cross, for saving my soul and for saving my family's soul and for saving this world's soul. But I love you today. I love you forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Well, guys. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to find us on all social media. Like and subscribe on our podcast. And the last three words we want to say is this. You have purpose. God bless. See you guys.